0: every team every topic everywhere this is believe what's up everyone and welcome to another edition of Believe with Falcons I'm your host Will McFadden. On today's show, we are wrapping up the offensive side of the ball on our position review series, getting into the tight ends, mild position. All right, let's go. Going to talk about Kyle Pitts, going to talk about Jonu Smith, their production in 2023, kind of the status of the position and why I think it's uh, due for a pretty big change this offseason. You know why that is, what it looks like going forward. Who could they maybe bring in if they do want to change some things up? So we've got everything tight end on deck for you guys as we wrap up the offensive look in our position review series. So going to get into all of that. But first, it's playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. Our partner, BetOnline, is the number one source for your football odds, stats, trends, and lines. From point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the Gatorade, Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. So, head to Bet Online and join today to get into all of the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Tight ends. So, the Falcons have been, you know, very tight end friendly, I would say over the last few years under Arthur Smith, not a surprise. You know, we we know what he values and kind of almost doing a lot of the stuff out of these bigger condensed Formations, personnel groupings. The Falcons love 12 personnel, which I will uh, touch on throughout today's episode. But let's start by looking at the headliner for the Falcons at the tight end position. And that is Kyle Pitts, the player they used their fourth uh, overall pick on uh, not too long ago. He had 86 targets, which was 11th among all NFL tight ends. You know, I think that's a number that's probably higher than people may initially have expected. However, for a player like Kyle Pitts, you know, 86, when you rank 11th in terms of targets amongst all tight ends, that is not really where you want to be. And it's not the return that you want on that investment of such a high draft pick mitigating factors. Right. Kyle Pitts is coming off of of a knee injury that maybe was a little bit worse than we all initially expected uh, as he kind of. Mentioned on Instagram after the season, like his goal was just really no setbacks to be healthy throughout the entirety of the year. He did that. Um, so kudos to him. And hopefully that means come 2024, he it's all fully behind him and he is ready to go and get back to that player. He was coming out of Florida, that unicorn that made everybody so excited when the Falcons did take him. So 86 targets, 53 receptions, that's 16th. And there's been a trend Throughout these uh, offensive position reviews where the number of targets, you know, a little bit higher up on that list, right? 11th amongst tight ends, 53 receptions, that's 16th, you know, be it Drake London or Bajan Robinson or what have you, the targets and the receptions are not lining up in the way that you would want them to. And I do think that that is an indictment on the quarterback play, right? And certainly we all knew that Desmond Ritter was among the worst quarterbacks when it came to, like, the percentage of of actual catchable passes thrown and those that were deemed, you know, difficult catches. So not not too surprising, but again, it's it's not what you want because, you know, some of that should also be uh, applied to the player in question, right? So not everything is on the quarterback. A decent amount of it should be, but 53 receptions on 86 targets, if you are a player worthy of a top-five pick... We'd like to see those numbers be a little bit closer together. Six hundred and sixty-seven yards—that is eleventh. So again, you know, we're seeing eleventh in targets, eleventh in yards, way lower in receptions. That's kind of a credit to Kyle Pitts's ability and to his—you know—he can make something out of nothing. We just want to see it happen a little bit more frequently. This number certainly needs to come up. Three touchdown catches, Kyle Pitts, man, get in the end zone. You had one your first year, two your second year, three your third year. Let's. See that trend actually come to an end because I want to see like seven touchdown catches next year, um, not just four. He was 24th among all tight ends in his pro football focus offense grade with a 68.1. You know, some of that can be blocking, some of that can be, you know, the different weighted attributes that pro football focus puts towards that. But again, I think the overall point that I'm making here and looking at some of these stats is we expect a little bit more from Kyle Pitts. I think that. Some of the coaching staff changes made this offseason were in part because of the relative, let's say, disappointment of Kyle Pitts so far. But we all know it's there and they've got to figure out a way to get kind of him much closer to that ceiling uh, in 2024. The other key contributors and uh, production that came in the tight end position. Let's look at uh, John U. Smith, first and foremost, he was had 69 targets, 19 among tight ends, 50 receptions, 19th among tight ends there we go that's what we're looking for 582 yards that was 15th that's that's awesome man three touchdowns 18th but again you know when he's your number two tight end three touchdowns i'll i'll take that that's gravy that's cherry on top he was 57th among tight ends in pff offensive grade 59.1 that one surprised me a little bit but similar to if you looked at Bajan's uh, PFF grade. It was really hampered by his fumble score, which is weighted in their overall grade. Same case with John Smith by and large, like he was one of the key surprises and, uh, delights, I think of the season, unless you had Kyle Pitts on your fantasy team, which at this point, that's kind of just a shame on you. Like maybe you should know better. Although I'm sure that now, now that we got Zach Robinson in here and a different coaching staff, like Kyle Pitts is going to go in the forties and then if you do that, you are a braver man than me. Uh, that's all I will say. So the final person who kind of contributed in a notable way at the tight end position was Michael Pruitt. He had 11 targets, 9 catches, 110 yards, 1 touchdown, 59.4 PFF grade. Um, don't have to talk too, too much about Michael Pruitt, although I have enjoyed him the last couple of years. I, I think he's been definitely not a somebody that we have to talk about a lot each week, but he when he picks and chooses his spots and and they use him, I've liked the return on that. Uh, the other two tight ends that were on the roster, John Fitzpatrick, Tucker Fisk, different roles for both of those Tucker Fisk, more in that Parker Hesse, really versatile type of role. You saw him doing a lot of like backside cut blocks, um, late in the year. And then John Fitzpatrick, George tight end drafted, you know, a little bit of a project I would say, but kind of coming along. I'm curious to see, uh, what they decide to do with those two guys. um, So uh, a notable league ranking and and stat that I kind of uncovered, and this is maybe the the theme of this this episode in this position review. No team ran more 12 personnel than Atlanta did in 2023, and they were the only team that ran 12 personnel as their dominant personnel grouping. You look around the league, pretty much Everybody else has 11 personnel as their number one personnel grouping for the Falcons. It was 12 personnel. They ran it, uh, 39% of the time. I think the next highest team was like 31% of the time. And I want to say that was maybe Baltimore. Um, I don't have it right in front of me. So apologies, but they were far and away, you know, the heaviest 12 personnel team. And, you know, yeah, some of that's Johnny e. Smith and some of that's Kyle Pitts, but I do think you look at Tusker, Tucker Fisk and Parker Hesse and those guys and the way that they use, kind of like San Francisco, Kyle Juszczyk as a tight end fullback hybrid to do a lot of different things out of the backfield. The Falcons and Arthur Smith were very much the same way. And so that is why you see such a high number in personnel grouping, uh, 12 and out of 12 personnel. Um, but they were also very high on like 21 personnel, things like that. So they like to have some of those bigger bodies in their Arthur Smith. But when you look at now what they're going to, and you look at what the Rams did, the Rams were on 11 personnel more than like anybody else. They're up in the 90s when you talk about 11 personnel. In fact, if you look at their personnel groupings, I want to say they only had three different personnel groupings all season long because they're just so predominantly in 11 personnel. And by contrast, you look at the Saints and their personnel groupings, they have like Eighteen different personnel groupings they ran last year because of all of the different stuff that they did with quarterbacks and having two quarterbacks on at the same time or or not. So it's it's really fascinating. Like uh, if you want to kind of dig deeper into the world of personnel groupings in the NFL, I would highly encourage it because it is a fun little like r- game within a game. Right when you all these coaches drive themselves crazy talking about trends and we gotta figure out you know what they want to do and then do something that is a trend buster. Or all that. it usually it starts with personnel. Groupings. Um, so that is why I've been really fascinated uh with all of that really since kind of Arthur Smith took over here. The players that they have under contract at the tight end position for 2024, they have Kyle Pitts, of course. He will count 10.4 million dollars against the cap, which this is kind of the the flip side of that coin of investing so highly in, in these skill position players. Is as they get later on in their rookie contract and they're gonna have to figure out the fifth year option with Kyle Pitts. I would be pretty surprised if they don't pick up the fifth year option just because, you know, Terry Fontenot was still in place. He had a hand in drafting him. It's not like Kyle Pitts is a bad player. They just have not utilized him to the level that I think we all hoped when he was selected. But again, I, I do think they would want that fifth year option as opposed to letting him hit free agency at the end of this year, and then bidding against everybody if they want to keep his services. Go ahead and figure out what you've got in this offense, but lock him up for the next year at least. So that's Kyle Pitts. Then you've got Jonu Smith, who will count $9 million against the cap and enters the final year of his deal, which was negotiated, again, when he was uh, signed with the Patriots and then traded down here. So that's not anything the Falcons set up. That is just what his deal is. Then you've got John Fitzpatrick, who will count $1 million against the cap. He's in year three of his rookie deal. And then Tucker Fisk, who will count less than a $1 million, about $915,000 against the cap, and he is in the final year of his deal. So if we look at potential cap casualties, there's really only the one, and it's John U. Smith. Um, like Taylor Heineke, the Falcons could save $6.5 million in cap space if they want to move on from John U. Smith. This offseason, it would incur about $2.5 million of dead cap penalty. But again, you would save six and a half. So the number or the math still works out in your favor there. And the reason, again, why I think that that is definitely on the table for the Falcons as good as Johnny Smith played. And, you know, I I think that he is is somebody that I would like to see stick around. But I totally understand if the Falcons in their efforts to just remake what the offense is supposed to be, if Jonu Smith is a casualty of that, then that makes sense because it's not not really about the player. It's just how you're going to utilize it, and again, the allocation of resources. So if the reason the Falcons decided to go with Desmond Ritter last year is because it would free up way more resources to then invest in, say, the defense, like they did, That is how you end up having a really solid defense. Yeah, the quarterback plan didn't come together the way you thought, but the approach was to maximize the resources that you had at your availability. And again, if you're going to lock up about $9 million in Jonu Smith and not really use him because you just use 11 personnel 90% of the time, then that's not money that's invested wisely. So for that reason, I think Jonu Smith makes a lot of sense as a cap casualty, even though the player is a really nice piece. But you just wonder, is he going to be utilized to his potential here in Atlanta in 2024? Probably not. I don't know that for certainty. Zach Robinson may come in here and be like, you know what? I have my own vision for my own offense. I'm out of LA now. We're going three tight ends on every single play. I don't know. He may say that. I don't think he will. But you get my point. All that being said, though, I would expect Jonu Smith to probably not be on this roster come next season uh, because everything should be about getting the absolute most from Kyle Pitts this upcoming year. And that probably means clearing the deck a little bit to make him the center point and the focal point of of everything you're doing at the tight end position. So that is why Jonu Smith probably not going to be on the roster again next year. You save money and you free up all of that usage for Kyle Pitts because the offense probably isn't going to use Jonu Smith in the same way that Arthur Smith did. Michael Pruitt is your one free agent for 2024. I don't see him coming back. Uh, the salary cap investment and league rankings. They, as I mentioned, four players under a contract, $21.4 million invested in the position. A lot of that does come from Kyle Pitts. But again, Jonu Smith is a pretty sizable number in that as well. So that is 8.55% of your cap space, which ranks fourth in the league in terms of your investment at the tight end position. I think those numbers are going to change as I just laid out by moving on from Jonu Smith, you would dial that back and you'd probably move to like 16th in terms of money invested in your uh, tight end position. That feels like a much more comfortable spot to be because you do have hopefully a premier guy in Kyle Pitts so you're paying that money there but again if you're not utilizing 12 personnel a lot and you don't have tight ends on the field then you don't need to be paying two tight ends i think i've made that point enough um so i don't think they're going to add like as i've just laid out i think they're going to subtract from the tight end room however two guys if they wanted to add any free agents if they go draft you know i, I think it'll probably be a priority free agent undrafted free agent guy. Maybe it'll be like a fifth rounder because of special teams value. Like maybe they just want to, maybe they move on from John Fitzpatrick. Maybe they move on from Tucker Fisk. They draft a guy late just to add, and then they bring in one more guy, what have you. But if they did want to add any, anybody in free agency, two names, Gerald Everett, Austin Hooper. Again, I don't think that either of those guys, cause they would come in here wanting to be starting options. Austin Hooper maybe makes a little bit more sense if you want him at this point in his career to be kind of a number two tight end and marry that with you. But again, I don't think this is going to be an offense that emphasizes two tight end sets a whole, whole lot. So that's why we don't need to spend that much more time on those two. You guys know who Gerald Everett is. You guys know who Austin Hooper is. Picture them in a Falcons uniform. Not that hard for Austin Hooper. A little bit more difficult for Gerald Everett. Um, But those two guys would at least make some sense, given what they've done previously in their careers and and maybe their skill set aligning with Kyle Pitts in in kind of a mentorship role. Um, But we'll wrap it all up. How high of a priority level is the tight end position for the Falcons this offseason? It shouldn't be a priority. If anything, it's a priority to kind of free up some of that money that you have tied into the tight end position. But with Kyle Pitts in place, you got to figure out that fifth-year option. But again, I would be surprised if they didn't pick it up at this point, even though the returns have not been what you had hoped for when you selected him fourth overall. He does still have a lot of untapped upside. We do need to kind of see that one season. I know his rookie year, he he won over 1,000 yards. He was kind of, by necessity, the number one option. But we have yet to really see a season, frankly, even like a three-game stretch where it's like, there it is. There, there's Kyle Pitts taking over the game, being the best player on the field. We have not seen that, and that needs to be outside of quarterback. Honestly, like they need to go into 2024 with a plan in place to have Kyle Pitts look like the best player on the field, at least for stretches of games, because it really hasn't looked that way, and, and that's been a little bit disappointing. So again, not a priority. The priority should be figuring out how to use the guys that you already have in place and maybe freeing up some opportunities for Kyle Pitts to really, really be a ball-dominant tight end in this offense. So as they shift and as they restructure the offense and build these you know, new passing elements and kind of retweak things, Kyle Pitts needs to be a key, key part of that approach and focus. Um, so he is the tight end. He's been the tight end. Uh, and I think that that will only be emphasized more uh, and not less As they move away from Arthur Smith's offense and into a new era of offensive football here in Atlanta. So that will do it for our offensive position review series. If you missed any of them, I encourage you guys to go uh, catch back up. You know where to find them. They're right here on this feed. We will be rolling out with the defense coming up next. So keep your eyes uh, locked on to believe in Falcons because we've got some defensive uh, breakdowns coming hot and heavy over the next little bit probably going to stay at this uh this cadence so keep an eye out we will be dropping those very very soon but that will do it for today's look at the tight end position as always today's show was presented by bet online i'm will mcfadden you can follow me on twitter at will mcfadden check out our youtube channel believe in falcons same name find all of our great videos and content up there as well spread the word If you would not mind, but we will see you guys next time for a look at the defense. Until then, everybody, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform.